It's the third win against the top ten, and the Orange had them all the way. They didn't look into your heart. They didn't look into your heart. They didn't look into my heart. Three for the win saddle. Bang! Boom! As the Orange do it again, the cardiac juice comes through on the road one more time. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us alongside Seth Goldberg. I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Friday edition of Orange Nation. We're brought to you in part by Duntire. 315-437-7644 is the number if you'd like to get involved. We've got two guests lined up for you today, 1245. We'll speak with Patrick Beeline, LeMoyne head coach, as we do at 1245 every Friday. And then coming up at 115, our good friend Mike Catalana from Wham! in Rochester will join us as we look ahead to a big weekend in the NFL Championship Weekend Patriots-Jags, the first game on Sunday just after 3 o'clock, followed by the Eagles and the Vikings. Mike is a Philadelphia native, big Eagles fan, and obviously covers the Buffalo Bills on a regular basis for Wham, so he knows uh, both Doug Marone and the New England Patriots awfully well, so I thought it was a good time to to have Mike Catalan on to uh, help us preview what is a big weekend ahead in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he saw Jacksonville two weeks ago, saw... Uh, the Patriots twice this year, definitely. Spent good. a couple years covering Doug Marone, exactly. as did we, obviously, or at least me. I know you're you're a baby. but yeah. uh, Doug so Marone we, left after my freshman year yes. of college. Uh, so we thought it was a good time to have Mike on, and we always like catching up with him. We'll, we'll get in. I'll, I promise I'll get in a few Bills questions uh, with Mike. But uh, but we look ahead to, to a big weekend, and the, the overwhelming story right now the the one that you know the headline that's kind of stealing the show to this point is is all about Tom Brady right he injures his hand to some degree on Wednesday in a non-contact drill I guess a a minor collision is what it's being called and Tom Brady has not practiced since he got some tests done after practice on Wednesday did not practice yesterday which has led to speculation what is his status going into Sunday's game? Brian Hoyer took all the reps uh, with the first team yesterday. And as you can imagine, uh, Bill Belichick not exactly forthcoming with the media in regards to what the injury is, how much it'll impact him, if any, going into this game on Sunday. Do you actually think that he's hurt? I don't. Because I don't. I don't buy this like for one second. Like no, knowing everything that we think we know about the Patriots, right? And the, and how long did they list him on the on the uh, injury report? Just every single week with like a shoulder, right? Like he was just like so sore shoulder. He's questionable every the- single week. And so I I just I can't buy it. And they they didn't have him talk on Wednesday, and they just had him go and stand in a pair of gloves. Uh, yesterday at practice, I I just can't buy that he's actually hurt. The I fact can't. that he got hurt during practice, the week when leading nobody's up to watching. the championship game, when no one he he couldn't have been doing anything. They're not having Tom Brady take part in anything that could get him hurt on a Wednesday leading up to the AFC title game. So the fact that it happened during practice and it's being called you know a a minor collision, I. You know, did he I accidentally hit his hand on somebody's helmet? Or I, it sounds like it was a fluke thing. I can't imagine he was doing anything though that would have put him in harm's way again during a Wednesday practice leading up to the AFC title game. But so, Steve, you're not letting anybody close enough to him that he can hit his that's helmet my, on that's a my follow point. through. Well, like that's my you know, point. Like even even if that was it, right? Like even if like he threw and he followed through and he hit his helmet, his hand on somebody's helmet, like. 
Who's get? Who are you letting close enough to him that he's following through and hitting? Like an arm's length isn't that close. That's why I said it had to be a fluke so thing. It could have been him. He could have been uh, on the sidelines telling a story and was getting a drink of water. Just gesturing, was, he, right? He was. He was telling a story. You know, he was animated and he. You know, he raises his arms and he. You know, he hits a helmet behind him. Or something. I, it had to be a fluke thing. You know, another reason I'm not buying it. Nobody would say who it was. Nobody was like. No, and and I understand That's why. That's the Patriot right? way. Like right? I, I understand why nobody said who knocked into him because that player would get absolutely killed, and if the Patriots lose on Sunday, they wouldn't have any kind of future there, just because the fans would be so irate and so and so insane uh, about oh my good uh, oh my goodness this guy cost us the game this guy cost us a Super Bowl against Nick Foles and, and we would have won uh, like that's why you don't name the guy but. Like everybody was very weird, and everybody was tiptoeing around it, and I, I, I just, I can't buy it. I can't, I can't believe. Like I can't do that. I can't believe that that actually happened. I don't know why. It's, it's just this sticking point. Ever since I heard it on Wednesday. So you think it's I've completely so, made up? I think, yeah, I think it's a lot of garbage. I can't believe it. My feeling is, is that he somehow you know, banged his hand, but that he's going to be fine. I can't imagine, again, that he was doing anything in practice that would put him in harm's way. Uh, Bill Belichick did address the media. I guess you could call it address the media uh, this morning. Kind of. Here are a couple of the highlights from this press conference, okay? He was asked about, obviously, the injury and to, to update his status. This is his quote. We gave out the injury report yesterday. We will update it again today. He was then asked about his level of concern about Tom Brady going into Sunday. His answer, I don't know. We'll see. So he doesn't know if he's concerned. That's not even that's not even like a how is he progressing? That's like I'm asking your opinion and right. I, he has no opinion. He's like I don't have he's an not, opinion. This I'm is sorry. this is my favorite one and I will get to your favorite one in a minute. This is my favorite one. How much will Brady's status and how much has Brady's status I, I should say complicated the planning process. So now he is the head coach. He is the one most responsible for planning for this opponent, planning for the game, getting ready for Sunday. How much has, you know, the fact that Brady's status is up in the air, how much has that complicated the, the planning process? Belichick's response, I don't know. <laughs> That's fantastic. Now we can get to, to yes. your favorite, and we actually have audio of yes. this. This is from Bill Belichick earlier today. Uh, your favorite comment on this whole thing. There, there are two. It's back-to-back questions here. Now that Tom is dealing with this injury, looking back on the season, do you have any regrets about trading away Jimmy Garoppolo? You're getting ready for Jacksonville. Is it looking like Tom might be a game time decision? Today's Friday. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is, Coach. Like... What what do you what what did you have for dinner yesterday? Today's Friday. Like it, that 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 doesn't the two don't that, right like that doesn't answer the question and and I know that nothing that you said there yeah. answers the question. How either. concerned are you? I don't. Know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but it's just like that's totally irrelevant to the question that was asked. Like same with the Jimmy Garoppolo one, right? Are you are you concerned you traded away Jimmy Garoppolo? We're on to Jacksonville, and like to me that means yes. Like I I wish I didn't trade him away. Uh, uh, reportedly, well, he didn't, re- right? reportedly, not that he had any choice, 
But I think that was like the the tacit admission of yeah, I wish I still had that. Honestly, guy. that right, that was like the only question that he kind of sort of answered without kind of right. sort of answering. Like we can read between the lines there, and and we know the backstory now to some degree. And reports have come out that he was not happy about that at all. So again, read between the lines there. Everything else, it's it is it's hogwash, right? I mean, Brady's going to play. Brady's going to you know pass for three hundred yards. They're going to win this game by two touchdowns, and they're going to go back to the Super Bowl. That's Are what's going to happen on Sunday. Yes. You asked me before the show, we talked about this. I called you, uh, you know, just to, to touch base about what we're you know, going to talk about today. And you said, are you any more intrigued by this Patriots-Jags game because of the injury and the uncertainty? And, and I'm not at all. Like, we know what's going to happen. He's going to come out, be totally fine. He's going to yes. tear him up. Yeah. And the you know the footballs may or may not be up to you know snuff in terms of how much air is in them. If you hurt your thumb, do you deflate them more? Make it easier to grip? I, d- I don't know. That's a question for Tom Brady. We'll never know because he'll smash his phone and then he'll, you know, deflect it and put the blame on someone else. Um, we know what's going to happen. He's going to go out. He's going to play well. Patriots are going to win. Um, and they're they're going to go back to the Super Bowl. Do you? I mean, do you disagree with that? No. Do you think no? They're, they're going to win. They're going to go to the Super Bowl, and then they're going to take advantage of Nick Foles being there on the other side, and they're going to win again. So you're not buying the hype of the Jags defense because I know that that's no. I mean, the, I am. I, I think the, the Jags defense is really good. I think the Jags defense is is very good as well. But that's the that's the response, right? When you know, anytime somebody says, "Well, the Patriots are going to win," and the response would be, "But this Jags defense is really good." I I know they're really good. I don't think they're going into Foxborough, and I don't think it's one thing to slow down Big Ben. I don't, and they didn't really slow him down last no, week. They did. I mean, they did. The, they did in the first meeting this year. Didn't really slow they him did down in last week. They did the first week. half. Right. Um, they're they're not doing that to Tom Brady. No, with, with a I don't trip think to the Super Bowl on the line in Foxborough. It they're just they're not doing it. No, and and also keep in mind, you know, on the opposite side of things, what does Bill Belichick do best as as a defensive mind? Right, like he takes away what you do. Right, whether that is what is it that Jacksonville does no, on offense. But, but what I'm saying is, it, whether that's going back to his days as the Giants' off defensive coordinator, and he, you know, was able to slow down and and shut down the Bills and the K gun, or going to you know the high powered offense of the Rams in the early 2000s and being able to slow that down, like. He's going to make Blake Bortles beat him. I was and just do you have say, any faith no. that Blake Bortles can beat anybody, no. let alone Bill Belichick? Maybe that's the answer to this game, though. You said that you know Bill Belichick will take away what you do. The Jags don't really do anything no, on offense. No, but he'll take away I, Leonard Fournette is my point. And that's and that's the much scarier option. If you don't do anything Fournette well, they can't take it away. Maybe maybe the Jags, that may, that's the secret weapon. They're not very good on offense. So if Tom Brady can go lead you to... 14 points. Are you winning this game? Um, I think they might. Yeah. Like, I think they might. Like, I don't think the Patriots' defense is very good, but I think Blake Bortles is really terrible. Yeah. And 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 Bill Belichick has shown beat us that when you when you take away you know if, if he'll make a bad quarterback beat you and most and more often than not when he faces a bad quarterback the bad quarterback plays poorly because it's a bad quarterback right like how often do we see that rookie quarterbacks bad quarterbacks they just can't beat this New England team because they put together a game plan that says you know what 
come, come and beat us. Throw 40 times. It, we welcome this. It's honestly, and we'll get into the NFC game in the next segment, but it's honestly the same strategy for the Vikings, right? I mean, the Absolutely. Vikings are going to say, we're going to stop the run. We don't think Nick Foles can beat us through the air. And the Vikings have one of the best defenses in the NFL, obviously. And in order, you know, listen, if you're going to beat us, have Nick Foles do it. Patriots, same thing. If you're going to beat us, it's going to be Blake Bortles through the air. We saw how Jacksonville went about getting by the Bills. It was Bortles right. on the ground. It wasn't Bortles through the air. And Leonard Fournette's been great, and they rely on that defense, and they relied on that defense last week to get out to the lead. They had an early interception that set up a touchdown. They had the the sack and the, you know, the fumble, and they returned that for a touchdown. They built a big lead, and they had just enough to, to hang on in the end. The Jags want to win with with defense and running the ball. The Eagles want to win with defense and running the ball, and the the opposing defenses are going to say, "Fine, then then you know drop back and, and beat us through the air." Here's a question that that I heard posed on on the Lebertard show earlier as I was uh, you know doing some stuff around the office. Um, we talk so much about the front four, right? We talk so much about the front four of that Jaguars defense, and hey, maybe they can get pressure on Brady, and they don't have to bring more people and. You know, whatever. And they follow the Giants model of bring pressure, drop seven into coverage, and, and do your stuff. Um, what the Giants didn't have to deal with, specifically in the first Super Bowl, uh, was Rob Gronkowski. And they did in the second, but he was like kind of sort of hurt. Uh, so it was made a little bit easier. Is it possible that Miles Jack is one of those like four people in football who might be able to ca- cover him? Like, like Miles Maybe. Jack is just a freak athlete, right? Yes. Like, we can all admit that. He's a, an unbelievable linebacker. In college, he also played running back. Uh, like, he is just one of those freak athletes. That interception that he had last week uh, was incredibly difficult, and he made it look very easy. Uh, is it possible that it's, like, him... Cam Chancellor and maybe like one other person in football who one on one can kind of guard Gronk. Yeah, I would give you that. Um, but this is not and doesn't in my matter. Opinion, well, that's the part that I was getting to. <laughs> no, I don't think it matters because this isn't a matchup, in my opinion, where it's that close, right? That it's like, well, maybe the Patriots have a slight edge, or you know, Rob Gronkowski is an X factor in a lot of situations, but maybe won't be an X factor in this game. I think the Patriots are significantly better than the Jags. And the, well, the yes. one thing that the Jags have, they have a really good defense. But across the board, the Patriots are just a much better team. And they obviously have the much better quarterback. And they have home field advantage. There are a lot of reasons to like the Patriots in this game. So even if Rob Gronkowski is neutralized to some degree, and he's like one of those you know 30-point-a-game scorers, it's like guarding James Harden, right? You you, you are not going to stop him. You can slow him down. You can limit him to some degree. You can you only can, hope to contain him. Right. You can, you can limit Gronk, maybe. Um, but you're not going to completely stop him unless he's hurt. I just think the Patriots are that much better than the Jags. You say, does it matter? I, I don't think it matters. And you asked me earlier, you know, before the show, am I intrigued by this matchup at all? I'm really not. And maybe some of it I said, you know, from a, a personal perspective, I have a dilemma. I don't really want to see either of these teams win. Um, so maybe that's some of it. I'm not really looking forward to the AFC title game just from a fan perspective watching this. I don't know if it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be a close game. I don't think it's going yeah, to be a good game. I, I think the Patriots or I'm not even saying they're going to blow them out, but I think it's going to be one of those kind of like Virginia and Syracuse the other day, where you never felt like Virginia was going to lose. I don't know as if we're ever going to feel like the Patriots are in trouble on Sunday. That's fair. I mean, it kind of like their first playoff game when they played the Titans. Like Titans scored first, and you were just you weren't yeah, like you oh, weren't worried about you it. You weren't like oh, that's going to last. Yeah, you know, you never thought that that was going to you know make any kind of problem for for New England yeah I I don't see this being a difficult game Uh, Tom Brady even hurt I would say is the best of the four quarterbacks remaining 
Um, and and I'm not sure that it's particularly close. Yeah, you you are sure it's not close at all. Yeah, I I, I don't think Tom it's all Brady that close. on a broken ankle would be the best of, of these four. Um, so I so I'll go and give him the benefit of the doubt, and I'll give Bill Belichick the benefit of the doubt because they've been doing it yes. for 18 years. And uh, I'll just go ahead and pencil them into the Super Bowl and say, all right, let's see if they can get number six. Right. All right. Phone lines remain open until 1245 when we bring on Patrick Beeline. What are your predictions? What are your thoughts heading into championship weekend in the NFL? We discussed the AFC title game when we return. Uh, let's get in a little bit to the to the game. I think we'll be close. I think the NFC title game will go right down to the wire. Eagles, Vikings. Keep it here. Orange Nation just getting started on ESPN Radio. Every Thursday, Coach Bayheim talks orange basketball with Brent Axe. Brought to you by Skinny Atlas Jewelers. On the pulse of the orange, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Stephen Seth back with you on a Friday edition of Orange Nation. We are powered by Drivers Village. LeMoyne head coach Patrick Beeline set to join us in about 10 minutes. We have a little bit of time here, though, so we bring in our producer Max for a little uh, this and that. What's up, Max? What's up, guys? Uh, I'm going to completely disregard whatever Seth said about the Eagles in the last segment and try to get through this without saying what I need to say. But okay, go for it. This or that. The team making the tournament as we stand right now, SU making a bowl game next season now that we know the full schedule. We've talked about this one before. You guys both, I believe, picked the tournament. Have yep. your feelings changed at all throughout the nope. season? No, still give me the tournament. They're, no, I think the bubble, tournament. They're yeah. a bubble team right now. I'm not sure you could say SU football is a, is a bubble team for a bowl game. Like, until we see it, right? I agree. Four wins, four wins. Do I think they can get the six wins? Of course. Uh, SU basketball, though, is very much in the mix right now. And despite the quote-unquote slow start in ACC play, their resume stacks up rather favorably with other bubble teams right now. And they've got a lot more opportunities for big wins down the road. So, uh, yeah, give me the tournament. Yeah, we're also two-thirds of the way through the basketball season, and we think that they would probably be in right now. Uh, versus that football schedule still looks just as tough as it did, you know. Going not into, much margin for error. Yeah, and there's no margin for error. And and I think that as you said, basketball has opportunities here. They're going to play a lot of games against teams that would fall into that quadrant one. They've got Virginia, they've got Duke, they've got UNC, they've got Miami, they've got Louisville, they've got uh, Clemson. Uh, there are a lot of opportunities to get some good wins here down the stretch for SU. They just have to do it, right? They've just got to win a couple of them, and they'll probably get in. Well, the last five games, <clears throat> sorry, the last five games on that schedule this year for the basketball team is, I believe, four of them are against ranked opponents, and yeah, the, the one February breakup in there is, is Boston all February, College. All of February is tough. So yeah, that's going to be interesting coming and, down and the BC, stretch. And BC, I mean, that's at BC, and BC's been very good right. in Chestnut Hill. If so. you win at BC, that'll actually be a decent win. Yeah, right. All right, so let's do a little player comparison here for the next three. We got Tyus Battle or Dion Waiters. Pick one. That's a tough one. Uh, I'm a little like, can I let my personal bias? You like in? Dion more? No, of the I, whole I, Dion personality. I like Tyus. Okay. Like I like Tyus, like as a person, you know, or like it, what we know of him. Um, I don't love. Did you see that I, Dion has a ten foot wide that bed on, on Twitter today? I I don't love the the cockiness that is DM. I mean, that's just kind of him. And I've told this story before. Quickly, we'll tell it again. The first time I met him, the very first time I spoke with Dion Waiters was freshman year 
media day, and I said to him, and again, they pretty good recruiting class if we all remember that year. I said, which freshman are we, should we be looking out for? He which one me, is going right? to open up some eyes? And w- like deadpan, without skipping a beat, his response was me. <laughs> That's what he said. Wasn't he? Wasn't he right though? Kind of. No, he didn't play his freshman year. Well, he did a little bit, and then he played. Obviously, like as things progressed, I mean, he's you know he's obviously had a, a very good NBA career, and things worked out for him. It just there's a certain way, like I, I set him up for an easy answer to that question, right? And right. He, but you know, we we read the thing in the Players Tribune. I think we get it to some degree, like what he went through and growing up, and so it's not that I don't like Dion. I just I really like Tyus Battle. So you give were, me Tyus Battle. You were at the Dion draft, right, for work. Uh, oh, but, but you were. I can't remember if I was at that. I don't think I was at that one. The, the bigger point here, you you were covering it and, oh, and, yeah. and kind of get it, and and would have more of a perspective than I did. But I was at that draft, and I remember when he was announced as the fourth pick. Like me and the the people I was sitting with, and it was me and like a couple other friends who were going to Syracuse. We were just like, did that just happen? Like we we were like shocked by it. Was that like shock up, up yeah. here? Like, well, do you remember? Like that wasn't supposed to happen, right? Like if I'm remembering this right. Do you right? remember he, he cut off his, his workouts? Yes. He yes. was that confident and he had, you know, what he believed was a promise and his and agent it, said don't work out anymore and yeah, I mean I, we were surprised to some degree but the way he played it and the way he cut off the NBA workouts, he knew something we didn't know. So I wasn't okay. like shocked that it, I I don't believe I was at that draft, but certainly we covered the whole thing leading up to it. Um But like that was a surprise. Like you expected him to be like first round, mid first round right. and then all of a sudden he was fourth. I did not expect okay. him to be fourth. Um so I like both of their games. I like Tyus. You know, I like the fact that Tyus, after a loss, is going to the Mellow Center and shooting for two hours. Like, I like that. And I'm not saying Dion didn't do that, but Tyus it seems like a very humble kid who just works really hard and doesn't have an ego. And personally, I like that better. So I'm going with I'd Tyus. I'd probably take Tyus, too. Pascal Chuku or Craig Forth, two seven footers, both need a lot of improvement or had room for a lot of improvement. Craig Forth kind of. You know, we all know what happened. Won the national championship, obviously, but both seem like very similar style players, especially this season. Can be guys that will get you 12 points, can be guys that will also get you four points, but are very important to the middle of the zone. These are hard today, Max. Um, yeah, I'm going to pass this one off to Steve. I'm trying to think. I don't, I don't know remember, who Craig Ford I don't was. remember watching him yeah. very much, so I'm going to pass this off to I Steve. I do, and I know my answer. Um... You know, uh, well, I'm curious to get your answer. You're going to say Chukwu? I like Chukwu. Yeah, okay. Obviously, he's more of a defensive presence than Craig Forth was. Craig Forth was great for that team, though, because, you know, we talk about the ego and being humble. Like, he just did his job. Like, he just, when they when they needed him or when they called upon him, he was there. And and I'm not saying Chukwu doesn't do that. I mean, again, is a work in progress, and, you know, Forth was limited to some degree. They won a national title. He's That's a, the only kicker. He's right a high there school is, principal. Yeah. Like he, you know, I, I don't <laughs> he's know. He's a seven foot three high school principal. <laughs> he, I think they're both high character guys. I think you could win with either of them. I know that's a cop out. I don't like here's one the, over the other. Here's the dumb question off of this: Would that team have won with Pascal at center rather than Craig Forth? Yes, absolutely. Did it matter? No, he was. Like I don't even think Forth started towards the end of the year. Anyway, he did start. Yeah, in the he nat- started. Started yeah. in the national he championship. Started, that's he right. Started but there the were some way. games where I don't. I don't. I mean, he would. He, you know, is, some of it was like the Matthew Moyer syndrome, where he'd play like two minutes and then come out, and you know, for yeah, whatever the, the freshman year fab start, where yeah. he would take the tip and then yeah. So sit on I the mean, bench. there was some of that uh, throughout his career, but 
I, you know, he was he was perfect for that team. Obviously, they they won a national title. So, if you're asking me to choose, I will again give the edge to Craig Forth because of because of the he won a title. national title and Fair. the fact that he's I knew, a, a principal. I, when I wrote that one, I knew that was going to be your kicker the, of the society. Um, but I, you know, I, I think they you know they both bring things to the table. Is that I, a diplomatic enough answer for you? Yes. There was one more. Steve, you always talk about this one. I don't want to do another player one, actually. Those are. I, I, I know saw, Steve, I Steve really list. struggles with this. I saw it on your Do you list. want to do it? Go ahead. Okay, you always talk about it, and I want you to pick one now. Scoop or Frank? <laughs> They're like the same you player. You do talk about this all the They're time. They're like the same player. <laughs> I love Scoop. You know I love Scoop. Um, and it, no, they're they're very similar. They'll do you know great things, and then they'll have a head scratching scratching turnover. It's it's what you get uh, with both those guys. It, I like them both. Can I do like Frank Howard equals Scoop Jardine? Sure. Again, if I have to pick one, I'm picking Scoop. You know, because I, I I've kind of gotten to know him personally over the years. Um, but uh, but yeah, I I like them both. You you have a preference? Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say I I would take Scoop. Okay. You want to do one more really quick? Quick. We got to get to Patrick Beeline. Would you rather have an SU high powered offense or a gritty defense? I'm talking basketball, not football. You've seen teams in the past outscore people, and you've seen this team this year hold people to 40 points and lose and also still win when they hold people to 40 Offense points. Offense is a lot more fun to watch. Yes. Defense gets you to Final Fours, and we've seen that time and time again. And we saw a really good offensive team last year, didn't quite get it done. We're seeing a, a gritty defensive team this year, and the you know the last chapter is yet to be written. Um, again, from a fan perspective, I think fans want offense. From a what's more viable in the NCAA tournament, and if you want to win, you know, a lot of games and get to Final Fours and win national titles, you'll take the defense. That's what I was going to say. I would rather watch a team that's got a fun offense. Like last year's team was a lot more fun to watch because like they could just kind of go off and 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 have these insane offensive performances. Uh, but the team that's going to end up getting results is the one that plays defense. Wisconsin and Virginia, they win a lot of games. Jim Beheim, he wins a lot of games. we got to take a timeout. We'll get to Patrick Beeline next. Nation underway on ESPN Radio, 315-437-7644. If you'd like to check in on Championship Weekend in the NFL, we'll have our good friend Mike Catalana joining us here in about 10 minutes from now as we, again, preview the AFC and NFC title games. Uh, Seth, one of our loyal listeners uh, reached out to us on Twitter uh, saying that he uh, was listening to the Dan Patrick show earlier and that Dan Patrick Heard it was a handoff that caused the thumb injury for Tom Brady uh, during practice on Wednesday, and again did not Must practice have been a rough yesterday. Handoff. Yeah, uh, handoff gone. How many wrong. times have you ha- has Tom Brady handed a ball off in his life? You want me to and give how you a many number? Time, no, but you know, just in, in theory. And how many times has he gotten hurt? Like Rhetorical this time? question. Yeah. It, this is this is. Not, I don't buy it, the injury yeah, at I don't all. Either. This is this at is all. nonsense. He's going to come out and he's he's going to throw for three hundred yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, he just I don't is. buy it. 
I don't buy it either. I think he's. I mean, like, I think something happened. I mean, you think he just? It, it's just made up. What if he just like cut himself while cutting on a, on a an avocado or something like stupid Trevor like that? Yeah. Except he's like a health freak, so it'll be like cutting an avocado at home. Yeah. Well, that didn't happen at practice. Supposedly, it happened at practice. I don't buy it. I'm gonna stand on the sidelines and have an avocado while you guys are practicing. I that- think it just happened at home. Right. I think he was just struggling really hard to open up his. Boring flavored ice cream. What was it? I don't remember. He has some absurd flavored ice cream. And I think he was trying really hard and he needed something to pry open and I don't know. Did something to his to his hand. I think something happened. You you seem to think that it's it's I, all made up. I think I th- it's a hoax. I, I think something happened, but I think it's nonsense. I think like he's not really hurting. Bigfoot in the Bermuda Triangle. All right. He's gonna come out and he's gonna play well. Patriots are going to win. He's going to be fine. We've got a few minutes here, Seth, before we get to Mike Catalana. I know that you've been compiling some of the best sound bites, as we call it in the business, uh, yes. throughout the week. Uh, so why don't you uh, lead us into that? Yeah, these are really all from yesterday. Uh, last night, after beating the uh, Boston Celtics, Joel Embiid was interviewed on uh, on TNT. There's some backstory to this. So he like tweeted at Rihanna maybe three years ago trying to ask her out. And Rihanna said, come back to me when you're an all-star. Well, Joel Embiid is now an all-star. I'm going to cool you off here, but years ago, you were denied by a young woman who told you to come back when you were an all-star. Is there anything you'd like to say to anybody on TNT right now? I mean, you should deny me back then, so... Why go with her again? So, um, I have to pass that and move on to the next one. You got the mic. Anything you'd like to say? Um, trust the process. <laughs> Thanks, Joel. Oh, did he just turn Riri down on national? Yes, he did. What? Reggie Miller was upset with him. That's bold. It is. It's very bold. Joel Embiid saying he's too good for Rihanna. He's confident that he'll have uh, other options. I'm sure he's got other options. I think he does. I Better options. I would hope he has other options. I would imagine he does. Uh, we know that the inside the NBA crew uh, has some fun and messes around a little bit. They had Shaquille O'Neal uh, do one of their promo reads, and uh, it led to some great stuff. The Alienist premieres this Monday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time and is one of IMDb's most anticipated new shows of 2018. It's based on the best-selling murder mystery novel by Caleb Carr set in Kenny's hometown, New York City, 1896. There you go. Very nice. Wait, wait, wait. Wait. Time out. Yeah, I'm gonna, I know what you're gonna say. Y'all giving him credit for knowing how to read? All right, won't you read it then? Come on, go. dude. All right, no, no, I want Go ahead, go. Go ahead, Chuck. Wait, go ahead. Okay, you go first. Hold. Go ahead, just go. Don't give this guy credit. No, we're not. Go ahead, Chuck. Okay. And we'll see who's better. Okay. We'll see who's better. Go. TNT the alienist, Paneers. TNT the alien. TNT the alien. TNT premieres this Monday at nine. This not. This is not a word. This is a no. This is a word. Not this. This ain't a word. Go ahead. This is not a word. Not up on this. Y'all quit screwing around. Go ahead. I can't read. Hey. No, you gonna have people you can't read. TNT the alienist. Alien. Okay, it's time. It's time for more Shaq than a fool. 
Anytime Charles Barkley is involved, chances are it's pretty good sound. That so, was pretty phenomenal. Well done by you. Uh, how hard is reading a prompter? I've done it a couple of times. I didn't find it all that difficult, and I'm not somebody who does it all the time. You do literally every day. Um, well, it's not difficult once you once you do it. I mean, the first time you're doing it, it, it takes some getting used to. It is difficult to read. I will say this. I tend to talk fast. It's difficult to read the prompter when the person operating the teleprompter does not keep up with you. Yes. Um, that is very distracting. When it's either you're waiting for the words or you are ad-libbing while the person is scrolling, that is distracting. Or, as I did in your class, uh, when you put in your script twice by accident. That's not good. And you read a sentence and then the same sentence pops up. That makes it difficult. Typos can throw you off as well. Um, it's not difficult to read the prompter, assuming the operator keeps up with you. Yeah, I didn't find it all that difficult, and I've only done it a handful of times. Uh, Charles Barkley obviously had some. He issues. needs some work. You've uh, you've you've seen the uh, the the previous incarnation of of him reading a, a teleprompter. I'm sure. Yes, from a, a couple years ago where they changed the words and they did. He's not improved. Anchorman style. Yeah, yeah. he's not improved. Yeah, uh, this one has nothing to do with sports, but it it popped up in my Twitter timeline, and I loved it. Hey, who? Bill, who? I know, so uh, Bill, like a uh, like a bill. What is that? What do you like? An electricity. Like oh, you bill. have to pay for that. Yeah, I don't get it free. In America, we get it free. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is a uh, that's Mariah Carey doing an interview, not knowing one what bills are, and two uh, that we do in fact pay for electricity. Do you think she's just been like skipping out on it, or does she have people to do that? Oh, she's got people. That's what that was all about. She's got people. It sounded like she was talking to Simon Cowell, but you said that it was wasn't. not Simon no, Cowell. No, it wasn't Simon Cowell. I don't know who it was. I don't know when that interview was. I don't know where it's from, uh, but for some reason it popped up on my Twitter feed last night, and I found it really funny. She pays for bills, and she pays for electricity. She just doesn't know it. That's my guess. I think so. But like she's been famous forever, right? She's been famous like she, since she was like a teenager, yes, right? Correct. So like she's never had to worry about this. Correct. She's not somebody who got famous at like twenty eight. Yes, her people handle it. I think I think that's what happened there. I would hope, right? Next thing we know, we're gonna hear Mariah Carey's being brought in on like tax evasion. She doesn't know <laughs> taxes. What are taxes? Bills. I have to pay these bills. You have to. What is that? What do you like? Electricity. <laughs> Oh, you have to pay for that? <laughs> you have to pay for that? I wish electricity was free. That would be nice. It would be great, especially this time of year when, you know, Jack you up need, the heat. need some heat when it's negative six outside. Uh, let's take a time out. We've got our good friend Mike Catalana set to join us on the other side as we continue to preview championship weekend in the NFL. Keep it here. Orange Nation rolls on right after this on ESPN Radio.